that in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You may be seated. If I had to put a title to um, this particular sermon, it would be Let's Come Together. It is imperative that on Pentecost Sunday we recognize that when you start reading through the book of Acts, that that's what they did. They had just witnessed the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they had to come together to receive the promise that Jesus had told them that they would receive. That is no different to any part of the rest of the world today. There seems to be dissension and things that are separated and falling apart. But in order for us to really come together to receive what we need to get, we have to lay aside every agenda, every plan, every um, temptation, and literally come together for the purpose and the calling that God has set forth. And today I'm going to be working out of the first three chapters of Acts. I'll be working out of Acts, the first chapter, Acts, the second chapter, and lastly, Acts, the third chapter. And I will give you the scriptures and we'll just kind of work our way through. And I hope that it is a blessing to you. So as we're reading in chapter, Acts chapter 1, we see that the disciples are receiving instruction. They've been told about a promise and that they will receive this in a few days. And when you go back and read through the entirety of the first chapter, beginning at verse 5, well, let's go through It says, On that occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this commandment. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Jerusalem? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the dates that the Father has set his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He was giving them a promise that they were going to receive the Holy Spirit. And after they received the Holy Spirit, his next thing to tell them was, I need you to go to work. You're just not going to be right here. I'm going to need you to go to the next city. I'm going to need you to go to the next state. I'm going to even need you to go to the next nation. This is what I need you to do. I need you to come together. Put aside where you came from, how much money you have, how many degrees you have. For my kingdom, I need all of you to be on one accord. I need you to be mindful of building my Father's kingdom. Because when I was here on earth, Jesus speaking to his disciples, 
Everything that I did was because my father had instructed me to do it. It was not for my adoration, it was not for my glory, but for the glory of my father. And now I need you, as our pastor has been preaching regularly on these last few Sundays, be my disciples. I know you've been saved, I know you went down to the river, you've been baptized, put in the water, and raised up again. That's the beginning. Now I need you to go to work. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit on you in a couple of days, and once you get it, you've got to get the running. I have to have you out there witnessing about my death, my burial, and but most importantly, my resurrection. Because the resurrection is what's going to free the rest of the world. They didn't think that my father was going to do it. But he did. And now I need you to go be a witness and tell everybody that you come across that Jesus is resurrected, he is the living Savior. And it's through him you have eternal life. So he gives you the command. And so after receiving the command, let's just work our way over to Acts the second chapter. And again, I won't hold you with a lot of scripture, but the key scripture I want you to focus on here is Acts 2 and 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit commanded them. So they had received their instruction. They had finally come together and they received the Holy Spirit. Why is receiving the Holy Spirit so important? Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot operate in full power and authority that God has sent us out to. We have to have the Holy Spirit. Because when we operate without it, we operate in our own flesh, our own thinking, our own limitations. And you might catch me on the wrong day. And Jesus Christ might not be in the front of my mind without the Holy Spirit. So when you come at me the wrong way, I may respond the wrong way. But when I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and I've gotten up that morning before I even walk out the door, and I say, Lord, whatever you have in store for me, Father, I know that with you I am a conqueror. I am going to have victory. I am going to shift the principality. I am going to tear down strongholds. Today is your day. I am a witness. I am ready to be used by you. When I get the door and I go out and I get my job and somebody's talking to me, the Holy Spirit just says, Peace. And in that small moment, I can just pray for them, Lord. They're just having a bad day. But you bless them. Promote them and elevate them and send them on their way to give them a testimony of how you intervene in their life when you intervene in mine. The power of the Holy Spirit. When you continue to read through the second chapter, it was really about the preparation. Because in the first chapter, when you go back and read it, you'll see that he was giving instructions on getting set up to get ready to receive it. In chapter 2, they followed the instructions. They got themselves in position. Now they're just waiting. They're waiting to see what is it that he's going to pour out. And when he pours it out, as you read it in chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together again. Coming together in one place, suddenly sound like a blowing 
the violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit commanded them. Now, when this happened, the thing that you have to remember is that what they were speaking were other gods, other languages, and the people who heard them were kind of confused. They were kind of confused. They were like, how is this Galilean speaking another language? I know he's speaking in my tongue, but he shouldn't be able to do it. It was only because the Holy Spirit had now shown up. Yes. Now, why did he have to show up? Because in chapter 1, he told them, I need you to be in more than just one place. I need you to be able to go to another place and to be able to have dialogue with those people. And the Holy Spirit will allow you to teach them the things that I need you to teach them. I need you to be able to teach them about Jesus Christ, the man who came and gave himself as a living ransom to redeem all men from sin. I can't talk to you and I can't understand you if we aren't speaking the same language. Holy Spirit comes in and connects, pulls together the fragmentation. I may not have grown up where you grew up, but the Holy Spirit can come in and bridge the gap and we can become instant brothers because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You may have come from a home of privilege and I may have come from a home of poverty, but when we get under the blood of Jesus, we now have a common bond. And we can now work together for the building up and the edification of the kingdom of God. Once they had received the Holy Spirit and these people started speaking in the different languages, the people became kind of complex because they were seeing this happen. When you go to Acts the 12th chapter, I'm sorry, Acts the second chapter of verse 12. This is where I like to call it the world has a question. As the people were amazed and perplexed and asked one another, what does this mean? Some have ever made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. The world has always had trouble with God, with Jesus, and even now the Holy Spirit. Yes. They can't wrap their head around why he does what he does and why he moves the way he, he does. But in all of the confusion of asking and making jokes, what they should have done is said, how do I get some of what you got? Because I would like to be able to experience what you're experiencing because obviously it's real. I see it and it's very different than what I've been experiencing because I've tried a lot of things in this life and none of them compared to what you seem to have and I would like to have what you got. What do I need to do? But they made jokes and couldn't quite wrap their heads around it. So Peter, me and Peter, says, maybe it's time for me to, to get on up and break the bread alive and preach to him a little bit. So as they were trying to figure out what was going on, Peter himself stood up and he said, all right, what you see happening here is because
is innocent, but you found him guilty and you hung him out on Calvary's cross and he died and bled for you. And you thought you had him because we wrapped him up and we put him in a borrowed tomb and everyone in Jerusalem thought the man was dead. But God stepped in and rolled away the stone and he stepped back out and resurrected ground with all power and authority on his hands. And it's because of him that you see my brother speaking these languages that you clearly hear and clearly understand, but you know that it is not by him. It is by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want what we got, it's real simple. All you gotta do is repent. Repent. And you can be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, fast forward to where we are today. We are at Pentecost Sunday. We need a pouring out of Holy Ghost yes. on this planet more now than ever. On this nation, on this state, in this city, in this county, we need Holy Ghost Spirit poured out so that God will be glorified. Yes. And the thing about repentance, it's real simple. A lot of people think that repentance means being sad, being upset about whatever it is that you're doing. The true essence of repentance is a changing of the mind. Yes. A changing of the attitude to the act of whatever it is that is the sin that is separating you from God that you say, you know what? I used to do it, but I don't do it anymore. Not because I'm not tempted by it, it's just because I don't want to separate myself from God because of it. There is no drink, there is no woman, there is no smoke, there is no money, there is no job, there is no car, there is no house that is worth me losing what I have with God. He loves me so much so that while I was yet operating all of that, he would send his son Jesus to die, to bleed, to give up his life for me. And all I have to do is ask him to come into my life and turn from those old habits, those old ways, those old things, and step into the new life that he's promised me. Yes, yes, yes. Sign me up. Yes. Sign me up. Let's go. Because salvation is the very beginning. That's just the confession. Lord, I need you in my life. I accept that Jesus Christ died for me. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, now I got it. What do you need to do now? Let's get studied up. Let's get prayed up. Let's get fasted up. Let's get in the word of God so that you may not offend me, that you may walk with me. And once I get all of it together, oh, it's time to go into the other parts of the world to preach and to teach and to save those who are lost. The world is dying and they don't know why. It's because they haven't had the encounter. They haven't had the experience of meeting Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit is here today. He is crying out, here I am. But the world has turned a deaf ear, a blind eye, and I'm walking right by. So it's time for the church. We've come together. We've received the Holy Spirit. Now it's time for us to go into the other rooms to preach, to teach, to testify, to witness. And I know somebody's saying, Brother Randy, how am I 
going to go to Asia and preach and teach the gospel. I bet there's somebody that works right beside you that doesn't know Jesus. I bet there's somebody that comes to your house on a regular basis that doesn't know Jesus. You have opportunities all around you to exercise your discipleship in Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity every day to tell somebody about the goodness of God. You don't have to be fearful because Holy Spirit, as soon as you say, they start saying whatever they're saying. Oh man, I'm having trouble in my marriage. I'm having a horrible day with this God. I got all this stuff going on with my kids. You say within yourself, Holy Spirit, tell me what to say. How to help this person. And as soon as you get ready to start that next sentence, Holy Spirit's going to step in and say, I got it for you. We just have to come together, get in line with God, and allow Holy Spirit to send us to the uttermost, to the far parts of the world, to preach, to teach, and to do the things that God has called us to do. Yes. As they saw them speaking this new language, and like I said, they didn't follow them. Some of them were confused and didn't understand, and they carried on so much so that Peter had to give up and give them a sermon about why they were acting the way that they were. Once they had received the sermon, and Peter had told them about the importance of repentance and of Jesus Christ and the filling of the Holy Spirit. He rolled on into chapter 3. Now this is where it becomes quite interesting because um, in the book of Acts, it's the very beginning of the church. It's the youth. It's the foundation. It's the first steps. And again, we were calling these men to come together to go out and kingdom build. So when we go to chapter 3 of Acts, then let's just pop in verse 5 is where I want you to start. But like I said, in your own time, we go back and read chapter 1, 2, and 3 in your own time. But when you go to chapter 3, verse 5, it says, So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. I'm going to park right here, and in this verse, as we meditate on it, I'm going to go back and read through it. He, we're going to insert, this is the world that doesn't know who Jesus Christ is. Then, the church. So the world was looking at the church, expecting to receive something from them. This is why the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is so important. Yes. The world is looking at us, expecting us to have the answers. Yes. We don't have all of them, but we got the one that they need to have, yes. and that's Jesus Christ. Yes. I don't care what else we got going on. You need to be able to say, if nothing else, it was Jesus Christ that saved me from that. Yes. I was going to that, but Jesus brought me over here. Trust me, he can do it. Because they didn't know myself, I would have probably still been over there. But his blood kept calling me every day 
back to drinking, to smoking, to lay down, to do whatever. But Holy Spirit kept saying, why are you over there? You are my child. I don't want you living a life less than what I've got for you. Turn away from it and come to me. And one day, I said, Holy Spirit, you're right. I surrendered it all. And I started walking with Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit started to heal the wounds. He started to make right the wrongs. He gave me a new attitude. He gave me a made-up mind that no matter what this world may offer, what this world may try to put me through, I have already got the victory. My Jesus Christ gave me the victory on Calvary. And there is nothing that this world can do to take that from me. There is nothing that the world can say to change me or to sway me. My mind's made up that if I continue to chase after he's going to continue to make a way for me. As we go back and we look at chapter 3, coming back into verse 1, again, keep in mind verse 5. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was laid for birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beth, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple court. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something, expecting to get something from them. Yes. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but that I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by his right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to the man. Oh, church, this is where we have to get excited because you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. This is your time. This is your moment. God didn't let you die in a mess. He didn't let you die in a car accident or through the disease. He brought you into confusion and depression and the anxiety. He brought you to 2020, and here we are with a world that is lost in chaos and confusion, looking for answers. The answer is Jesus Christ. But the church has gotten quiet. They are looking for something. Every day this man was laid at 
Where is God in you today? He is each one of us. There is somebody out there that is looking for the church to step in. It is our time to step in. Don't you realize that all that we have come through brought us to right now? Pentecost Sunday. Ask and you shall receive. We need to be asking for a double portion of the Holy Spirit so that we can go to those gates called beautiful. Because we already know that there are people who are hurting, who are wounded, laying at the gate, expecting to receive something. And I'm wanting to keep giving the same thing day after day. We got to be month after month. They need to be receiving the good news of gospel that Jesus Christ saved in the second degree. That the God that we serve still heals, still makes whole. It is today. To have Holy Spirit come in and fill us with the mindset that we are ready to keep the bill. Yeah. Yes. It is time now for, I'm saying, and all I want to do is go in and sing amazing grace. All I want to do is go in and put on my prayer shawl and pray. All I want to do is cry up some chicken dinners and serve the community. It is time now for all of that. We are called to a high spirit. We are called now.
You just need to know him. But God in 2020 has disrupted the norm. He has pushed pause on that thing called norm. I mean, he pushed pause, he pushed stop, and then he eject button. He said, take the cassette out. I know some of you may not know what a cassette is. They go back and ask one of your uncles or your aunties. They'll tell you about it. And he said, I need you to put in something new. And push play. I need you to hear the good news in the gospel that Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. He was resurrected. And after his resurrection, I now need you. Because I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you power and authority over the principalities and the darkness of this world. You do not have to fear. I went back and was reading it, and I kept repeating and thinking in my mind. He says, the devil talking, he says, I walk about the earth as a roaring lion, looking for whom I may devour. A roaring lion. And as I thought about it, the Holy Spirit intervened and said, you need to be thankful and give praise to the one who created the lion. Because the creator of the lion can stop the lion. He can destroy the lion. The lion has no rule over the territory that you are in if you operate in your power and in your authority. I remember hearing the story once of a man who was a preacher. The church had blessed him with an opportunity to go on a safari. And so he was walking through the jungle and he was enjoying all of God's beauty. And he said, oh God, this is so beautiful. This is so awesome. This is so amazing. But then as he started to stop, he continued to hear rustling as if something was stalking him. And as he stopped and he looked up, he saw that there was a lion about 50 feet away. Only doing what he thought he could do was he immediately went into prayer and said, Lord, I know you are able. I need you to give this lion your Holy Spirit. So it won't attack me. But the lion broke out into a charge towards the man. And all of a sudden, a light illuminated around the tiger, the lion. Preacher said, oh my goodness, my prayer worked. He got the Holy Spirit. The lion sat back, crossed his front paws, and he said, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for making me alive. I thank you for the breath of life. But most importantly, Lord, I thank you for this meal that you're about to give me. The Holy Spirit had come upon the lion, but it didn't give him the result that he wanted. The Holy Spirit has come upon us today. The end result is you now have power. You now have authority. Yes. You have the ability to go and to do the things that God is calling you to do without fear, without worry, without any type of anxiety. Because every time the enemy whispers in your ear and says, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you don't have enough money, your credit's bad, they used to be sitting on bar stools and now you can sit up and be a preacher or a deacon or teach. Just sit back and say, you know what? You're right. I used to be and I did do all those things. But the blood of Jesus covers my sins. And I am set free. Yes. And if I have to go back into the bar and sit up on a bar 
You know what? Well, you don't have to be here. There's a better way than what's at the bottom of that glass. There's a better way than what's out here on the street corner. There's a better way than what's out here. Yes. You need to come with me. Because I guarantee you that what I have will change your life. You may still have some difficult days, but the difficult days fail in comparison because I know that the creator of the day has another day for me. I trust him. I love him. And I know that he would not give me up. He's holding on to me. All I got to do is do my part. Hold on to him. And so wherever he wants to lead us for the rest of 2020, through pandemic, through riot, through whatever may come through the rest of the year, God is still in control. He still is making a way out of the way. Nothing catches God by surprise. Nothing has him stunned or amazed. He says that these are my people. The reason the world is in this condition, my children have not stepped up and said, there's a better way. We've got to get back to work. But it starts with accepting Jesus Christ, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and being willing and available. Peter and John were on their way to the temple at prayer time. I don't know what kind of prayer they were going to pray, but that's where they were going to meet up, to come together. And on their way of coming to meet up with the other brother, they saw another brother that had a need, who looked at them with expectation. He was expecting to get something. When Jesus left, he told the disciples, I'm going to send something for you in a couple of days. I need you to get together and get ready to receive what I got for you. Come together. Set aside everything else. Put away all the foolishness and come together. Because when you get together, I'm going to send something for you. They didn't quite know, I'm sure, exactly what it was, but they were obedient and willing. So they said, you know what? You want to go fishing then? No, bro, I can't go fishing. I got to meet up with some other brothers. We got something going on. I don't know exactly what I'm going to get when I get there, but he told me he was going to send it. So I got faith to believe that he said what they crucified him, that in three days his father was resurrected, it happened. Yes. So I got faith enough to believe that if I get together with these other brothers over here, that what he said is coming, I'm going to get a part of it. So I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm going to be there to get it. So I can't go fishing. I can't go do this. I can't go do that because I'm over here right now. And once they received it, they said, you know what? I'm ready. <laughs> Did you hear me speaking that, that Hebrew? <laughs> Did you hear me speaking that Cantonese? That Spanish? <laughs> I sounded pretty good, didn't I? Ooh, what you like in the streets? I'm a bad man. Holy Spirit is in me now. I can do it. Don't test me now. <laughs> I 
hey, they're preaching to teach and they're giving you the good news. They were ready. And so as these brothers were out doing what God had instructed them to do, like I said, I don't know what they were going to pray about, preach about, teach about, other than Jesus Christ, but on their way, they had somebody who was in need. And they gave him what he needed. It wasn't silver. It was not gold. It was Jesus Christ. So they reached down, they pulled him up. They reached down and they pulled him up. Pulled him up out of the condition, pulled him up out of the sickness, pulled him out out of all of the things that everybody else had kind of pacified throughout the years of bringing him to the gate. And it's ironic that it's called beautiful because there's nothing beautiful about brokenness. There was nothing beautiful about brokenness. He was laying there in that condition and two brothers came along and said, I don't want you to be in that condition anymore. Give me your full attention. Quit looking at everybody else that passed by the state. I need all eyes on me. Right now, look at me. Look at me. I know you want this, but I'm going to give you this. Because of the Holy Spirit, we need to be doing the exact same thing. Come on, church, let's go. Let's go out there and find that one who is looking, expecting to receive something. Let's give them a higher expectation than what they've been given. And I don't know, I know it might be a little uncomfortable at first, but you know the beautiful thing about doing it? After you do it the first time, it becomes a little bit easier. And you know that if you are doing it because you fasted and you prayed about it, and this is what God is ministering you to do, you will accomplish it. The enemy may try to come against you, but you will accomplish it. Expect the opposition to come, but know that you have victory over it. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that it's going to be easy. But we've got the victory. Yes. Every disciple in the book from Acts on went through persecution, arrest, beating, shipwrecks. They went through it all. But they never gave up on their mission of their discipleship. That's what Pastor's been preaching about the last few Sundays. The power, the importance of discipleship. Yes. We are disciples. Yes. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. But we now now have to complete the other portion of our task. And this is why, like I said, it's so important to get past. And I love to sing, I love to dance. Yes. But at the end of the day, we got to get back to the Word. We got to get back to preaching and teaching so that we can be equipped to go out and find that man, that woman, that child that's been laid at the gate called beautiful and recognize and identify them because there are other beggars and other people that were there that were in a similar condition, but that one was the one that Peter and John saw. And when they saw it, they said, give me the full attention. I need you all, all of your attention right now. Because the things that you've been used to getting are not going to get you by anymore. I'm excited. We are getting ready to receive an outpouring of the Holy
that God has been preparing you for this moment. It's not by chance, it's not by coincidence. There was divine purpose and calling to get you here. So take full advantage of it. Spend some time in prayer, spend some time fasting, and sit in God's face and allow Him to direct your next move. And allow that move and be prayerful that it intersects with somebody who's looking to receive something. And you can give them the good news. And when you've done all that you can do, look back and give all the praise, honor, and glory to God. Because it was Him who positioned you in that moment to be a blessing to somebody else. So I thank you today. I hope that the word was a blessing to you. I hope that you come out better prepared for whatever life throws at you. And know that God is always there. Jesus is at the right hand of God and sent Holy Spirit who's looking for an active, involved relationship with you. And that's why today, whether you're a member of Greater List Hall or whatever organization, or whether you're at home, wherever you may be seeing this at, right now, if you don't know Jesus, you can know Jesus. You can ask him to come into your life, ask him to be Lord of your life, repent of your sins, and ask him to receive the Holy Spirit. Then be connected with a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Come together. There's nothing wrong with YouTube or Instagram worship, but when we come together, it's a whole new ballgame. Come into the house of the Lord expecting to receive something from Him. He's got it. You just have to raise your expectation. Get past the silver and the gold mentality and get on the God mentality. Start thinking that God has more for me. There's more He wants me to do. I might not be able to be the next Peter or John, but I can be the next best thing. I can be the best Randy that he created me to be. I'm no longer half-stepping or half-doing, but I'm full throttle for God. Whatever he called me to do, Lord, I'm going. Whatever you need me to say, I'm saying because I don't want to miss you because I was self-conscious instead of God-conscious. So on today, Accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and come into a growing relationship with Him and find somebody to connect with that's going to help you in your discipleship. So, here at Greater Miss Paul, we thank you. We hope that we've been a blessing to you. God bless you. And we're praying for you.